it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Hey! All right, let's go. Here we go. Off and running with you on this Wednesday, halfway point of the week. One step closer. One step closer. It's beginning. We got the lights up. Okay, we got the lights up. We got the snack items around. You know, like that that sort of food. It's beginning to look a lot like. Yep, that's right. Transfer portal season. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's kind of beginning to look a lot like Christmas, but, you know, if you're a football coach or if you're a diehard fan of a college football team, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, you got Santa Claus leaving something under the tree and in your stocking, but really, okay, you need football Santa to bring you, you know, a quarterback, right? You need football Santa to leave a defensive tackle under the tree, right? They have to be a big tree. Well, we'll be in on that today because there's another name, another signal caller from the SEC who has popped his name up there in the transfer portal. I don't know if you heard that or not. And there is a direct tie and connection to the state of Mississippi. Yeah. (laughs) What a way to start. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Some of you may not, and I'll fill you in. So welcome into the show today on this Wednesday. I hope you'll be a part of it. I really do, because if you've listened to this show, you can attest. It's a whole lot better when you text and when you call and when you comment on the live stream (laughs) as opposed to me just bloviating all day long or, in some cases, you know, Beaver and I, we like to have a good little Debbie snack cake conversation every now and then. And sometimes that can go a little far, according to some of y'all including yesterday. Maybe the homecoming queen stops by. You just never know. But welcome on in here. Yeah, uh, let me let me set you up real quick. You can text me on the country please and text line at number 885-3776. number 885-3776. Uh, call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. 995-1059 is the number to call. And if you're watching the live stream, hey to y'all, by the way, Facebook, Twitter, or X, Exeter, whatever it is, and uh, on YouTube, hey to y'all, appreciate you being a part of the show. Drop a comment right there, comment, question, type it in. Comes up on the screen, maybe to make it a part of the show. And look, you know, yesterday, you probably noticed, yesterday we were so jam-packed with the um, reaction of the higher Coach Levy and and all that, even going back to, I guess, um, I guess going back to Monday also. I mean, it's two days of it. You know, we were just jam-packed. And so we didn't quite get to, you know, every little solitary thing. But uh, regardless, yeah, get on in here today and we'll we'll make it a part of the show. So just comment right there on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com, murraywest.com. Com. Murray West, a great contract embroidery company right here in the state of Mississippi. They've been doing it right since 1996. Just about any high school you look at uh, around the state of Mississippi. That's what uh, they're wearing stuff that was embroidered right there at uh, Murray West in New Albany. And you can have, whether it's your business or your brand or your company or your church or 
your team or whatever it is you need. You need your logo embroidered on something. Kind of like this, uh, this embroidery here. That's the interlocking MSU logo from the Jackie Sherrill years in the 90s. Got this, by the way, this pullover at the Mississippi State University Golf Course. Is this a pullover? What do you call this? It's one of, I don't know what this is. Like quarter zip? That's what they call it, quarter zip. Yeah, just like that. Hey, let's check in with Beef. see how he's doing today. Hey, Beef. You working? <laughs> okay. Hey, 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 Matt White. Hey, you working? <laughs> kinda. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Kinda, sorta. Yeah, a quick handoff right there uh, at the last minute. And I didn't get a chance to say hey to you before the show, so I just selfishly, even though we're on the air, I just wanted to say hey to you. Well, thank you, Matt Wyatt, and thank you for wanting to talk to me. <laughs> By the way, Star the Dog. Yeah. She, when I say sit, she sits. When I throw the tennis ball, she goes and gets it and brings it back to me. Um, the only thing i got to work on is she's so much bigger than she realizes. So sometimes she'll jump up on those back legs and her front paws come all the way up like to my belly. And so she's gotten a couple of my shirts dirty. <laughs> but other than that, she's really playful. So there's my update on that. Oh, um, and wait a minute. I told you this yesterday, right, Beef? Because it happened on the radio show that Annabeth let me try the the little Debbie gingerbread cookies that you had mentioned. Yes. Wasn't that during the show? It's all running together. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, because you were talking about because you were talking about how good they were, and I was excited yeah. that you were you you we agree on that. Right. So, uh, so that's the other thing is, you know, I only have one box, and so I'm rationing them out. <laughs> strategic. That's it. I don't want to eat them all at once. Uh, I was you, know, you need to be strategic <laughs> with your little Debbies. Yes, you do. You know, space them out. We've talked about this before. It is easy to sit down and eat a whole box of some of that stuff. So uh, I'm going to try not to do that, even though I'm, you know, kind of in the, the holiday spirit. Well, we've checked in with Beef so far, and so far, so good. And by the way, if you call me on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line, you get to talk to Beaver first. And do not, I repeat, do not wish him a belated happy birthday. His birthday was two days ago. And in case you don't know this, Beaver is one who is not into, he is not into belated birthday wishes. Okay, so if you missed it on Monday, you missed it. Oh, Matt Wyatt. Okay, two things. Hold on. I'm, look, two things. A one, what you've just done by saying, "Don't wish him a happy belated birthday," is you've opened the floodgates for someone to call and say, "A happy belated birthday, Snarky Dart." It's true. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like a. That's it. I understand. There are some people out there that'll do the opposite of what you tell them. Okay, I got it. And B two. It's funny you mention that because this morning, on the Facebook. So, <laughs> my friend on Monday, on the actual day, he puts the happy birthday on Facebook and all that. And this morning, someone comments on his comment to say happy birthday. <laughs> so, you not only you didn't know that it was my birthday, you were one of these who only know because Facebook. Right. But then you only knew because another friend of mine made a comment and you just happened to see 
their comments, so you commented on the comment. Okay, but there are rules here, Matt Wyatt. <laughs> These are delicate rules. Well, I was gonna say, devil's advocate here, isn't something better than nothing? I mean, in that, you know what I mean? Like a comment. I don't want it. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, got it. Well, and I, I I do realize that by saying it out loud on the air, now there's most like it'll either be somebody like Brando or more bully for example that they will call and they will say the first thing when you answer you they will say happy birthday uh, belated birthday beer <laughs> so i i wasn't quick enough to think of that before it, bleh, it just came out need a better filter here regardless the point is if you've ever wanted to talk to beaver call the show before you and we can talk sports but you can talk to him first <laughs> just don't take up too much of his time because he is working the number to call on the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059-601, 995-1059. I'm going to go first here to David's comment on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. you see what I'm talking about. David said, extremely happy that Bump and Turner are staying ready for defensive coordinator and offensive line coach next. Well, let me just tell you, that is... Yeah, got a little Hale State fight song because that is really good news. I just think for, I mean, not only for Chad Bumpus and David Turner, two guys who were in their first year coaching in Startwell, you know, left other jobs, came there. But they're they're just they're great people. Uh, in, in one way, shape, form, or fashion, they've both spent a ton of time at Mississippi State. Of course, David Turner's coached there a bunch in the past. Uh, Chad played theirs from Tupelo. And they're both good recruiters, you know, and, and Chad's been on a, a hot streak recently, you know, recruiting. I think he's done a, as well or better than anybody else on the staff, and it just makes sense. I, I saw that too, David. I was just really happy to see it. I felt like, you know, one, on a personal level, those are just the kind of guys you want around. You know, they are. And... uh now, they, they, you look at it, Chad Bumpus, receivers coach, David Turner, defensive line coach, they're, they're both on kind of opposite ends of their careers. It, it feels like Chad is really just getting started, and he is. He's a young guy. When, when did he graduate college? Uh, so, so he was a freshman, 9, 10, 11, 12. So the 12 season was his final year in college and bounced to the NFL, almost made it on with the Dolphins. He was kind of a preseason star that year in in preseason camp for the Miami Dolphins, played in a Hall of Fame game, had a big game and all that, but didn't make the final roster. Um, However, again, you're talking about a guy who's only been out of college for a decade, 10 years, which is not long, especially not in the coaching world. Quickly, within that first 10 years, had moved himself up to an on-field position coach at a Power 5 school, was coaching – you know, uh, receivers at Utah had had spent some time, I think, at Buffalo before that, and uh, did a great job at Utah, and then lands a job there at Mississippi State, and 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 hit the ground running immediately from a recruiting standpoint. I think he's he's recruiting Startwell High School and and some others, and you know, I feel like with his position group at State this past year, in that offensive scheme change deal, he was in a little bit of a tough spot. Um, not a, Well, tough spot might not be the, the right word, but, it, but an awkward spot, okay? Because, one, here comes Chad into the program, 
and he's coaching on the offensive side with guys he doesn't know. He's not there for a system. He's there because he's a state guy and a recruiter. Well, so he's coaching in in a with coaches he doesn't know. You know, he's met the offense coordinator who he's coaching for for the first time, the offensive line coach for the first time, the tight ends coach for the first time. You know, all of that. The running backs coach. I guess maybe there's a little bit of familiarity there, but still not much. So that's a bit of a challenge. And then everybody, including all these other new coaches, are going through this manual reset of the offense they were trying to make happen, which we've covered that. I'm not going to beat a dead horse anymore. It was a terrible decision, and it basically instigated wasting this year um, for a lot of those seniors, and you hate it, but it did. So in terms of coaching receivers in that environment, I think it was a it had to be a tough one for him. And, you know, they hadn't even had – they probably had barely had staff meetings, if any, <laughs> let alone they hadn't practiced yet. Spring's not for several months away. Uh, but it just – you know, you look at a guy and an offense and a system like what Jeff Levy runs, he, he's going to know it like the back of his hand. It's just going to be so much better of an environment for Chad – um, who is just getting started coaching at the SEC level. He's played here, but just getting started coaching at the SEC level. It's going to be such a good um, experience for Chad to coach receivers or whatever it is he coaches, whatever position he coaches on that offensive side under Levy and in that system. It's going to be invaluable for him. But I also think it's good for the program. you got consistency at that position. There's obviously players in that group who like Chad Bumpus. Um Xavion and Tulu and those guys who, as a program, you really want them to stay and not transfer somewhere else, you know? So I just think it's a smart move. And, you know, again, on the other end of the age spectrum is David Turner. He's probably towards the back end of his career, a longtime veteran, coached a bunch of great defensive lines at Mississippi State earlier, has also been around at other SEC schools, A&M and Kentucky and some other places like that. He's back in Starkville. And while they had some injuries on that position this year, and at the beginning of the year they were short on depth and they weren't getting a lot of pressure, you watch them and you feel like, well, really defensively as a whole, but up front they did begin to play better and better and better. And Some of the younger guys you could tell, like a Don Terry Russell and some of those were really taking to that environment that that David turned – and there is no question about his ability to identify and in some cases recruit great defensive linemen. He's done it a bunch in the past. He coached the the Fletcher Coxes and the Chris Jones, and he recruited and coached Jeffrey Simmons. You know, he's been through all that. But he's a developer, too, of those guys over the course of their career. So that's another one where you got some young ones who are hurt, a Trevion Williams, a Dinkins, and – some of those guys who you really want them to stay, and maybe some continuity there is really important also. So, I, I for all those reasons, long-winded I know, but for all those reasons, I was really tickled to see that from a selfish, you know, Mississippi State perspective, David. I'm with you. The Watchman agreed on YouTube on the Murray West Live thread, said, yes, best news today. Um, now, I touched on this earlier. I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there. Okay, then I'm going to take a phone call and then we'll come back to the conversation. We got plenty of time to get into it. But did you see I think it was 
earlier this morning here on Wednesday where it was confirmed that K.J. Jefferson is transferring from Arkansas or he's in the transfer portal. I mean, when I see that, I immediately just chalk it up that he's going somewhere. There have been guys who've gotten in the portal and turned around and came back to where they were, but not many. But K.J. Jefferson, I think with one year to play in college football, is in that transfer portal looking for a landing spot. And that's really interesting to me. And I know they struggled mightily on offense this year at Arkansas. And we're so up and down, right? Like you go to LSU and put up nearly 40 points, and then you play State at home and kick a field goal. And that was it. I mean, they were very up and down. Even after the State game, the rest of the year, they were very up and down on offense. And and he had, by all accounts, kind of a poor year. You could tell something didn't take, and they fired the offensive coordinator in the middle of the year and all this. You go back to his previous experience at Arkansas under Kendall Bryles, he thrived. K.J. Jefferson really thrived. He was younger. He was probably a little less banged up and a little more healthy in those younger years. But he thrived in that RPO read-it system under Kendall Bryles. And I would think that uh, I would still think, I know as bad as they struggled this year, I still would think that there will be no shortage of opportunities for Ken, for K.J. Jefferson coming out of that transfer portal from Arkansas. So let me know what you think about that. All right, here we go over to the phone line, the Divini Equipment Phone Rooster on line one. What's up, Rooster? Hey. Hey. Uh, I told Beaver Merry Christmas, but not too early for Merry Christmas. No <laughs> Atta birthday. Atta but I haven't gotten in my egg bowl comment. They'll be brief. Mm. It was uh, not close to my prediction. And an absolute fact. You know, but he made those two field goals. That game would have been a lot closer. Yeah. Had those two field goals been made. Yeah, and it would have but felt the, the so. momentum of the game. Yeah, that's right. Ifs and buts. But you're right. I mean, especially if he makes the one in the first half, you know, you just everything would feel different the rest of the way because the defense was playing well. Yeah. We've definitely had a shift. We now have Ole Miss back on top. For uh, sure. It looks like four out of five egg bowls for Lane Kiffin. Uh, they'll win next year, of course. But listen, my question is, why the cover-up? Nobody's mentioning it. Alabama, LSU, Auburn, no longer on Mississippi State schedule. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, um, help me out here. Help me out here, Rooster. Do do we have the full schedule yet? Has it been? I don't know. Yeah. That, when did they oh, release they're, it? They're, I might have missed it. They're selling tickets. They're selling home game tickets now. All right, I'm gonna look this up because I didn't. Well, it's a pretty good, pretty good schedule, home schedule, but no Alabama, no Auburn, no LSU. Luckily, they didn't take Ole Miss. <laughs> but the uh, the SEC West division is wrecked. No question, it's gone. And yeah, right. I guess thanks for the memories, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Common sense. Ninety miles apart, and you don't play each other. Yeah. Absolutely no sense. Okay. That's a complete no-brainer. Okay, so you're right. You know, my solution to you last year was split it into two divisions and make Alabama permanent foe. Put them in the east. And, you know, uh-huh. give us Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma in the west. You know, a lot, of people, a lot of people that. felt like it would have made – it certainly felt like it would have made sense geographically to just put Alabama – Redo the division, still have divisions, redo them, put Alabama in an East division with Auburn and Tennessee, and then draw yeah, a line right there, and then everything 
west of that. But Matt, it makes, again, makes no sense to take Alabama off Mississippi State schedule ever. Who did that? Well, I'll be honest with you, I'm okay with it. I'm tired of getting your brains beat out here. I'm going to print a thousand shirts, beat Bama. Now it's play Bama. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I'm running for a political office. I want to make it political and sport the ladies. (laughs) But, gosh. Okay, so the yeah, state's, state's going to have LSU off the schedule. State's going to have said. home games next year against Arkansas, Florida, Missouri, and Texas A&M, and they're going to have road. State will have road games next year against Ole Miss and the Egg, Georgia, Texas, and Tennessee. Yeah, so it's a really tough yeah. road schedule. That's a really tough road schedule next year for. Year well, one. they will they will duplicate they will duplicate one and seven. They'll be one and seven again in the SEC. That's the best they can hope for. I mean, we're stuck on seven this year. Seventeen to seven, finished one and seven and five and seven. <laughs> Although one five and seven teams going to a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, know? who is it? We went one year at five seven, but with what eighty two teams making the bowl, there's no reason ever not to make a bowl game. You so, ain't kidding, man. I, I, I am with you. In the SEC. Rooster, I am with you on that. I I am not someone who will stand here and like pour water on the idea of having a 13-year bowl streak. I'm not I'm not saying it's not an accomplishment. The thing is though, we've got so many bowl games that for for a place that cares about football, it's baseline is to be in one. It shows you how bad you have to be to not make one, frankly. Good call, Rooster. Good to hear from you. What do y'all think? Thank you. God bless, guys. God bless you. Appreciate the phone call. All right, rolling along. Stick around. It's go time. Let's go. Wait a show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Hey. All right, back with you. Here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Yeah, so Alabama is not on state schedule next year, nor is Auburn, nor is LSU. Y'all torn up about that? Anybody really upset about it? I'm kind of like, who cares? (laughs) I mean, you're still playing. I mean, you still got Ole Miss. You're still playing teams like uh, you got Tennessee on there, road trip to Tennessee. That's always fun, depending on when it is. Uh, tough, though. Road trip to Texas. Never been there before. Austin, Texas. Got to go to Georgia and take your whipping. You know, go over there and see what you can do. <laughs> but a bunch of winnable home games, frankly. And a good home schedule. So, who? Can, I mean, you know. I'm not like Rooster. Shock, horror, can't believe we don't play LSU or Auburn. <laughs> I don't care what. Who gives a flip? I don't care. Put them on there, take them off. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad Kentucky's not on there. Sick of playing them. Ever how many years it's been in the league shoving it down our throat. Oh, this is your quote-unquote rivalry. It is? Thanks for letting me know what my rivalry is. Thanks for telling me what the most important game should be to me, other than, you know, the one at the end of the year, right? I mean, <laughs> sick of making that trip, sick of seeing that matchup. So yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I'm okay with something a little different here. I'm be honest with y'all. Um, 
two things coming to the phone. And as you can tell, again, if you're on the live stream, commenting on the Murray West live thread there, uh, yeah, got a lot of comments. Going to try to get to as many as we can. Uh, I'll do my best not to get behind on the country pleasing text line. So Rhino and Jason and Grumpy and Tim and Beef's former neighbor Stephen and Anthony and J Rock. I'm coming to y'all. We're going to hit a couple phone calls. I did want to put this out there. So did mention saw it this morning. KJ Jefferson, Arkansas, is in the transfer portal. Another one I just saw. Uh, Florida quarterback Max Brown is entering the transfer portal. After Graham Mertz's injury, he played some. Uh, so we put that one in there. There's another quarterback going in. And then on top of all that, here is a quote. Uh, either It was either last night or earlier today from Nebraska head coach Matt Rule. Quote, a good QB in the portal costs $1 million, $1.5 to $2 million in name, image, and likeness. How about that? All right. Over to the phone, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Folks are hanging on. We're going to start on line one with Thibodeau. Thibodeau, thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, what's happening, man? Look, I, I, I told you over the holidays that I couldn't wait for Monday's show because so much stuff had happened over the sports weekend. Yeah. But I'm just now getting a chance to call in because my wife's car's in the shop, so I've been chauffeuring around and running errands and been a lot of interruptions during radio time, but... I had to just interrupt my lunch because I got to talk about Rooster. Okay, yeah, uh, let me have it. There's a couple things you, you like about the guy. One, you never know what you're going to get, and two, you really don't ever know what you're going to get. <laughs> but I'm gonna be honest here, man. That's the first person I've spoken to that's bothered by not playing Alabama. <laughs> right, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. I, I think it was like four or five months ago they sent that shot out all over social media about what our schedules are going to look like yeah and every person i know that cheers for maroon and white was like no alabama no lsu great sick of it <laughs> yeah I'm, look I'm especially in a year when you're going to have to turn around That's you know it. in a yeah. year where things you're, you're you're trying to build it up you don't yeah georgia's not going to be easy texas not going to be easy but still yeah you know you're getting those perpetual losses off your schedule and, it, and that's nice. You know, and from what I understand, they're going to rotate those. Right. You know, so we, we will see Alabama, I guess, what, in probably four or five years or something? Something like that. Within that time, for sure. You know, so um, I'm a traditionalist, but I'm not mad about this at no. all. Yeah, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. My, my deal is, you know, yeah, I mean, selfishly, you look at it from a perspective, the reality where state is – what you've gone through, coaching turnover, new system, you know, kind of there's some start over there. Well, yeah, so if that's what you're going to be going through and you're going to have some, 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 like you say, perpetual thumpings on your schedule because you're in the SEC, it might as well be interesting. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? At, you know, at least going to Texas next year is interesting <laughs> going in there. I got news for you. If it was a trip to Tuscaloosa next year, it really ain't even that interesting. Just being honest, you know. So I'm like you, man. Change it up. I, I like it. Thanks for the call, Tibida. All right, over to line yep. two. Over to line two, where Chris from Macon is hanging on. What's up, Chris? 
Chris. All right, got Hello, you now. Got you Matt. now. Got you now. Go ahead. Hey, um, first thing I want to know is what's Rooster been drinking this morning? Because <laughs> it dang sure ain't been orange juice. I should have asked him. Like, how you can be look? I, I want to say this. Just put it out there. Mississippi State fans that hold on to tradition and all this old stuff that we're used to, please, please, let it go because it's been broken for a long time. Yeah, It's like holding on to that old broken VCR. You just don't want to get up with the time. Let it go. Thank God we do not have to play Alabama and LSU. The one, and if they want to call Kentucky our rival, I don't believe that. I mean, I would call Auburn more of our rival because what other team have we had a three-to-two game against <laughs> and played some really good games against? I mean, we were the only team that even competed with them the year that they had Cam Newton, other than Alabama. Yeah. So, but I also wanted to call Matt. I mean, I am really, really excited about this hire. I don't know if I've been more excited other than Mike Leach in a long time for a hire. Yeah. And – because I think that it's something that we can actually grow with. Yeah. And I think Jeff Levy's going to, he's going to really, really enjoy sticking it to Lane Kiffin. But the other thing I wanted to say is, is I'm proud of our basketball team. Yes, we lost last night, but even in a bad night, those kids didn't give up, and that is a testament to our coach. And, it, and all I could think about during that game last night was, what if we had Solo Smith? Yeah. What would this look like? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm excited for the guy to come back because with him and that big, that other big, big guy that's down in the in the bottom, I mean, like, we ought to be unstoppable just to be able to throw them the ball and let them score because nobody plays like that anymore. But well, that's a good point. Yeah. Have a good day, Matt. I just wanted to say that State fans need to quit holding on to the past and embrace the future. This is just ridiculous. Like, I'm – it's like some of my cow- our cowboy fans are like, "Oh, what about the run? You know, we can't stop the run." Well, evidently we can because we played the two best running teams in the NFL, and they didn't run against us. Neither Philly or the Forty ers run against well, us. Well, but when some Chris, of these other people do. It's just look, like here's the thing about it, though. It's, it, it is one of the things I love so much about following the NFL is, you, you know, you're almost never out of it. Like every week, so many teams in the regular season, you got something massive to play for, because the, because all you got to do is establish yourself in the playoffs, get in the playoffs. You don't have to be a number one seed and get a bye, and you can go on a run and play your way to a Super Bowl. And so, it's like the Cowboys when they went and they got absolutely dominated by the 49ers out there. If that's college football, if that's a college football team and those are top ten type of teams and that happens in college football, then you're done. You're done. It's going to feel like and effectively be. I mean, look, we're sitting here talking about today legitimately, Chris, a, this one-loss Alabama team can even beat Georgia this weekend and still ain't getting in the four-team playoff. You know, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And and that's why I love following the NFL. I mean, if think about this, Chris. If you're a Saints fan right now, you're hanging on every play because the playoffs are right there within your grasp. And and it's that's just true. it's one thing that's beautiful about the NFL. 
Hey, hey, the team that wins the South, guess what? Here's your prize. You get to go play the Cowboys. <laughs> so have fun with that. Hey, and I wanted to say two other things. State fans that are not Cowboy fans, get off your schneid. Go watch Dak Prescott. He's playing the best football he's ever played. Like, he is on fire right now, and it is a joy to watch it. And two, congratulations, Dak. You're going to be a girl dad. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> yeah, you too. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the call. I saw I that. Saw that. Dak's going to be a father. Really happy for him. There's nothing better. Period. End of story. Um, than that little one looking up at you and calling you daddy. I mean, there's just, or dada. There's nothing quite like that. So proud for him. And he is. And you know, the thing too, like Dak is an old veteran now. Old, you know, relative term there, but he's a veteran. And you hear his comments here recently, and he said, they're, they're all patting him on the back and how great you look these last few. And he's like, look, oh, let's be honest. You know, a lot of teams that we've played well against here recently, they don't have great win and loss records right now. And you got to play better against the teams that are really good. The Eagles, they came up short. The 49ers went out there. They didn't even, you know, Cowboys didn't even show up. So he's got his head screwed on straight, too. But you're right. He's just. He is playing as clean and as sharp as he has in a long time. All right. We'll come to your texts next on the Country Pleasing text line. Stick around. Your sports. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, here we go. <laughs> Chris called a minute ago. Uh, Jimmy commented, during that on the Murray West live thread and said, seriously, I, I, it didn't seem like anyone needed a lecturing from Chris. <laughs> Jimmy, <clears throat> thanks. Uh, let me get into some of the text messages here on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the Southeast. It is the best sausage, hands down. Uh, let's see here. Unnamed texter says, hey, Matt. Do you think if Rodgers leaves and goes on to another college and we pull in somebody like K.J. from Arkansas, would the majority of state fans be happy with that? He says, I know I wish uh, Will Rogers would stick it out one last time, maybe put some athletes around him and see what happens. said, it seems like our fan base doesn't really know what they want other than just to not be the bottom of the barrel in, the, in SEC football. Well, and regarding that, you know, the quarterback trade, I – I guess it depends on who you ask, who would be happy with what. You know, to me, it, the the career arc of K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas is curious to me. It's it's th- There is some head-scratcher stuff in there. The one thing you do know is that his time at Arkansas under Kendall Bryles, in that Kendall Bryles system, RPO system, zone system, zone read system, play action off of it 
you know, reading some half field stuff, not a lot of standing in the pocket, reading whole fields, holding the ball for a long time. But he was very, very good. And he is a next level type of athlete at that position. And I know the last couple of years, there's been one problem or another, whether it's banged up at times or at other times, they'd say, you know, he was, he'd put on a little weight, lost a step. But I know most of that you heard this year, and this was a year where they were trying to, it's almost like if you listen to him in the preseason, the plan was to not run as much and to give up, you know, some of those rushing yards for him in exchange for keeping him healthy a little bit. But, man, did it ever more fail this year at Arkansas. Really for him, for the entire offense, for the offensive coordinator who tried to do it. They fired him in the middle of the year. You know, it was just it was a mess offensively there also as they tried to make that transition. And like I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to a, a bit of analysis on K.J. Jefferson that was repeated on this show in the preseason. Everything he was saying coming into this year and everything Enos was saying, their offensive coordinator, and Pittman, their head coach, it sounded just like what Mississippi State did with Dak Prescott from 2014 to 15, from his junior year to his senior year. Dak, as a young player and up through 2014, had been you know, a dual threat. He was a powerful runner. He was used as a runner a ton as the base of the offense even in play action. But then transitioned his senior year um, – I mean, what was it, 150 to 100 fewer rush attempts on the year? That many or more more pass attempts on the year? So you, so you took it off the ground and took him away from getting hit and had him in the pocket throwing a ball, and it worked. Dak threw the ball all over the field. His, his, he made such a jump as a, you know, read the whole field, process the defense, throw it from the pocket guy his senior year. And it propelled him to be able to have some success in the NFL when he got there. They were going to do the same thing with K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas this year, and it just flat failed. But you go, there's one major difference. It's when Dak was doing that, for example, at State, there was no coaching change. It was with the same coaching staff, with the same quarterback's coach. All of that was the same as they made that transition. K.J. Jefferson's trying to do this with a new coordinator, a new quarterback's coach, a new system with new terminology. It failed. And you know what? We saw another example of that sort of thing in the SEC, didn't we? Will Rogers at Mississippi State. Different previous system, a little bit different what they were trying to transition to, but a group of players who won nine games and moved the ball were a little more consistent, certainly at quarterback the year before, to it was a failure this year. I think it it speaks to how hard it must be in today's football to make that one-year transition. Okay, I mean, so there it is. And, And that's the thing to me. I mean, you know, if there's a relationship there and there's a scheme fit there and some familiarity there, and you feel like you know you get one of the best years that KJ would have to give in terms of dedication and stick to itness and weight room and 
physically in shape and all that, then I would think you'd have to consider it. I certainly had higher expectations for him coming into the year than, than what he was able to accomplish for all those things we talked about. All right, here we go. Rhino Texas Show said, I missed you all the last few days. Hadn't heard your take on Levy, good, bad, ugly. I like it. You know, Rhino, um, first of all, I thought the athletics department did a really nice job in just doing all they could to blow it up and create, just almost manually try to create some momentum around the hire. And, and that coupled with the fact that he really is a guy with a resume and a background that people are excited about his offense just naturally, organically. So all that, that's positive momentum that they've generated before they even have their first practice, which is good. you got to have some of that. And then from now on, it's a toss-up. It's just like any other coach. There's no guarantees out there. There's been a lot of times where it looked like a guarantee, and boy, it wasn't, and vice versa. So, you know, we got to see how it goes. But to this point, I, I really like the way it looks. Jason in Flagstaff says, Absolutely. Going to wish Beaver a happy belated birthday now. <laughs> he says, every time I call from here on out. <laughs> he said, he should have said something the other day when I sent him the cookies. Uh, he put a bow on it. Yeah, you should have. Um, now, Matt Wyatt. I thought he said. I told, as I told you the other day, there are exceptions uh-huh. that can be made for certain people. Anna Beth got a pass. She can, she can wish a belated birthday. Jason and Flagstaff. He can also – that's funny. He said he's going to do it year-round now. <laughs> yeah. I'll accept that from him, too. Yeah. Certain people can have exceptions. Well, Not he, grumpy. He's, he mailed you gifts, so, you know. Yeah. There you go. You hear that, Jason? You're in the good graces. Have fun with it. Uh, grumpy texted the show and said, Beaver, Grumpy thinks you're taking your birthday too seriously, by the way. He says, uh, you share your birthday with Grumpy's 21 21- uh, year old twin granddaughters who are successful and spoiled juniors at Mississippi State, and then he wished you a roll tide. There's a whole lot in that text that, I mean, it's just a lot there. <laughs> well, perhaps Grumpy has taken me too seriously. Yeah. But Grumpy is not on the exception list. He doesn't get the Annabeth and Jason in Flagstaff <laughs> treatment. Right. Uh, Res Dog texted the show and said, Hey, Rooster. We don't want to play Bama anymore. Why would anybody want that? <laughs> Why? Beeves' former neighbor Steven says, so Mark Rooster down is the only state fan in the hemisphere that is upset about not playing Bama. I agree. I mean, I'll say this. I get it that it's been an every other year thing going to Tuscaloosa. For me, selfishly, I like, you know, it's an easy trip, right? It's an easy drivable trip. It's kind of like going back home. Uh, for me, but that doesn't mean I look forward to watching the game. Alabama's one of those. He's, they're like Georgia. They went and recruited their roster. It's on the other side of the Grand Canyon from us. Play them every now and then? Sure. Rotate them on the schedule. Sick and tired of playing them every year. I'm glad it's something different. J-Rock, Texas, show and says, we swap Bama, Auburn, and LSU for Georgia, Texas, and Tennessee. He says, I guess that's an even swap, maybe a little bit tougher, but at least it's different. I, I'm with you. And the thing is, too, J-Rock, next year, 24, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee on the road. You know, and a, and a few of your, what look like on paper anyway, a few of your more winnable games are home games, and that's great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. 
Joe Mailman says, back in the early 90s, Mississippi State beat Texas when Coach Cheryl came to town. Yeah, in Austin. Yep, early now I think that was 91, and that was the the castrating the bull game <laughs> for motivation. Look that one up. Tim texts the show, and it says, hard to believe if Alabama beats Georgia, they won't be in the playoffs. Hey, I'm the same way, Tim. It's hard to imagine that. I've just heard so many yapping heads out here saying it that I couldn't help but hear it. Uh, Patrick says, okay, let me because he sent me a correction. Let me see here. He says, uh, Matt, looked at Michigan's schedule, and the teams they beat, other than Ohio State, every team is either 6-6 six and six or have a losing record. No reason for them to be uh, number two. Okay, four teams. So only four teams that they played have a winning record this year. That would be, he's commenting on Michigan. Well, that is interesting. I didn't realize that. I mean, they look good. They beat Ohio State. But other than that, hadn't really played anybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, hour one is in the books. Hour two is coming up on this Wednesday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team, stick around. 